We live in a world that does not allow for such nuances, Lux. Demacia is beset on all sides by terrible foes, savage tribes in the north, a rapacious empire in the east, and the power of dark mages who threaten the very fabric of our realm. We deal in absolutes by necessity. Allowing doubt to cloud our judgment leaves us vulnerable, and that cannot allow us to become vulnerable. Welcome to League of Lore, a podcast about the lore of League of Legends and other properties set in the Runeterran universe. I'm your host, Jacob, or Skullhead Soldiers, and let's begin. Now today we're going to be talking about the Kingdom of Demacia. It is a feudal monarchy that resides in the west of Valoran, which is well known for its anti-magic practices, its strict martial law, and strict military doctrine as well as its tall, marble-esque structures and architecture. Now, why was Demacia founded? Well, Demacia was founded due to an event called the Rune Wars, where a bunch of various kingdoms and powers and civilizations discovered powerful magical artifacts called the World Runes and started battling for control of these incredibly potent artifacts. These artifacts were so powerful they could literally shape the land and cause massive amounts of damage, potentially even apocalyptic in scale. Due to these wars and usages of these world rooms, a bunch of refugees began to flee from that conflict. Specifically, they fled to the west in Valoran to an area where they discovered a bunch of really fascinating um, woodland where all the trees were stories tall as well, like several stories tall, as well as having a stone-like uh, bark to them. In fact, even their leaves felt like stone. Now, these trees became known as petrocyte trees, and the reason for why they look this way is because of their exposure to all the wild magics released by the usage of the world runes during, during the rune wars. And what these refugees discovered about these stone-like trees is that they were able to negate and absorb magic. It's really, really interesting when you look at that, because since they found this location where they would be safe from the volatile magics they fled from, they then began to establish a society in that protection from magic, which was also the beginning of their anti-magic nature, because magic literally ruined their lives. Now, what also helped is the trees and woods that they found with these petrocyte trees were surrounded by mountains uh, along almost the entire region they found, as well as filled with various rivers and other forms of water. Now, this would allow them to have pretty fertile farmland, so that as they started building up their first towns and first cities, they had plenty of agriculture and plenty of wildlife to rely upon when um, when building up so that they had food and water and all that sort of things. It would also allow them, through the usage of the petrocyte trees, in the creation of the actual substance called petrocyte. 
to begin creating the architecture and walls and buildings of their society. Now, uh, due to the fact that their land is surrounded by large mountain ranges and is self-sufficient, they began to become more and more isolationist, cutting themselves off from the rest of the world because the rest of the world was still using magic. And the more this went on, the more and more, well, essentially, uh, xenophobic and isolationist they became, until nowadays they don't even tra- they rarely even trade with anyone outside of their borders. They barely trade with uh, close neighbors, let alone like massive trade cities like uh, Piltover and Zaun, uh, down between the uh, the passageway between Valoran and Shirima. Like they didn't even trade with them, at least not legally. And due to this, they have viewed themselves as kind of the I wouldn't say the chosen ones exactly, but definitely they view themselves above everyone else because they don't use magic and because they rely on their martial skill and they view all everyone else as kind of outsiders and um, lesser than a true Demacian. Being a true Demacian is a very big deal in Demacia. Now, onto their architecture, like I described, it looks like marble and is white. This is because it is made from the substance I mentioned earlier, petrocyte, which is when they combine the fossilized stonish bark of the petrocyte trees with lime and ash, and it becomes a really strong material that has a stone-like quality that allows them to create structures that can absorb and uh, repulse magic, making all of their cities, which are built from the ground up, essentially, by pure petrocyte, completely invulnerable to magic. They literally cannot be harmed by magic. And due to this, they allowed them to become virtually unbeatable in their home territory, at least by uh, magic users. Because where are you going to use magic? Everything just cuts it off. You have trees that cut it off. You have all their cities and walls cutting it off. Even some of their soldiers use petrocyte um, items, um, sometimes I think petrocyte armor in some rare cases, and just completely negate all magic. It's very, very interesting how they've made the perfect anti-magic society due to the existence of petrocyte. Now, inside these lands, like I mentioned, there are rare wildlife. Uh, some of the more common ones are such as uh, badger bears, which are essentially badger-sized bears, uh, which are apparently tameable, and sometimes the Masian rangers will tame these badger bears and use them in their explorations and scouting, as they're some of the few people in the Masa who leave their borders to uh, scout out potential enemies. Uh, there are also various avian kind of creatures, such as the fleet feathers and Azerite eagles, as well as the raptors. Um, now, the fleet feathers and Azerite eagles are more like your common bird that you can think of. The raptors, however, are massive griffin-like creatures, um, that allow the Demacians, that when they've tamed them, which they can, to ride on these into battle. So essentially, they have an air force based on these giant flying uh, raptors. It's really, really cool. Uh, also, there are wyverns and dragons that exist in Demacia. Uh, wyverns and dragons are not the same thing in this setting. Wyverns are uh, what you would think of dragons with the two wings and the two legs, uh, such as the dragons in Game of Thrones. Um, while the actual dragon dragons have two wings and four legs, so you think traditional European dragons, and that's the, the were considered drill dragons. 
Another difference between wyverns and dragons is that dragons are more sapient and sentient. They tend to have free will and able to, and sometimes can communicate, while wyverns cannot. Wyverns are actual wild animals, dragons are not. However, both are hunted by Demacians to get them out of their territory because they can cause massive amounts of damage, and dragons tend to not like humans very much. Now that you have a better idea of the uh, geography as well as the ecology of Demacia, we're going to start diving deeper into their society and culture. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. Hello there. This is Mr. Tittles. Coming to invite you to join us on the Call of Cthulhu Mythos Mysteries. A live play Call of Cthulhu podcast where we explore the dark, dangerous, and mysterious aspects of the mythos. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hope to see you soon. <laughs> If you want to help spread the show or simply get more content, you can follow the official Twitter at League of Lore 2 for updates on the podcast and other lore tidbits. You can also follow my Twitch account, twitch.tv slash Soldiers, where I stream myself playing League of Legends and other games and discuss the lore and gameplay of those properties. With that, let's get back to the show. Now... Demacias and ideals, like I said, are very strict. They are uh, having a big obsession with these concepts of order and justice. Now, these were already sort of building up when the refugees were fleeing because they're fleeing from chaos, from the chaos of the Rune Wars, so they wanted more order and they wanted justice. However, this became massively influenced by the presence of the twin aspects of justice, Kale and Morgana. Now, uh, Kale and Morgana no longer live in Demacia. Well, Morgana potentially does. It's a bit unclear. Well, Kale no longer does no longer. But due to the events that surrounded their arrival in Demacia, their raising in Demacia, uh, or the fledgling Demacia, and then the events that surrounded what happened between those two, it shaped the entire culture and thought processes of the Demacians, where they began to kind of shun away Morgana due to her uh, form of justice being more about absolution, forgiveness, uh, redemption, and stuff like that. That became more her form of justice, where Kale was more about punishment and um, strict justice for uh, the criminal. Uh, basically, there was very little forgiveness in Kale's form, while Morgana was very forgiving. And due to conflict that happened between those two sisters... The, in the end, it led up to where Kale was the one more revered by Demacia, while Morgana faded into the background. It also helped that because of Kale's more justice, uh, put down the wicked kind of feelings and behavior, that Demacians began to put that out onto mages, the very people that they despised due to the Rune Wars. This became most obvious in their capital, the great city of Demacia, where mages are literally um, positioned in basically slums in the city. And even then, they're not really allowed to be mages. If you practice magic in those slums, 
you're hunted down and arrested for practicing magic. <clears throat> we'll go into who does that in a bit. But outside of that, we have the major powers of Demacia. There are many, but it is mostly uh, the major powers are the many, many noble families of Demacia. Uh, some notable ones that we know about are the Bouvel, which are supporters of a group called the Illuminators, which we'll talk about in a bit. We have the Crown Guard, who are the official family that protects the royal family, more precisely to protect the king and also the prince. The Crown Guard have been this for a while. We're a bit unclear about how long they've been that, and also Crown Guard seems to be a honorary name for the family, but either way, they are the family that's position is protect the royal family and protect the king. Then you have another group called the Laurent, which are a famous family of duelists in Demacia. They're led by Fiora, the grand duelist, who's considered the greatest duelist in all of Demacia. And while they don't usually do a lot of power plays in terms of politics, they are important because since they are the dueling family, uh, all duels are basically uh, seen as if the Leroy are entered into a match or a duel, they're going to win. And because of that, they have power in the dueling scene, which the dueling scene allows for noble families to air grievances in a more personal way. Then you have the actual royal family of the Masia themselves, which are the Lightshield family. The Lightshield family is currently led by uh, King Jarvan III, or that was the case until an event that happened, uh, which we will go over in a bit. And also Prince Jarvan IV is next in line. However, how the monarchy works is it's a pseudo kind of democratic process where the noble families, at least the major ones, vote on if someone deserves to be the next ruler. So while Prince Jarvan IV is the heir to the throne if his father dies, that does not mean that he will automatically become that. The noble family still have to vote him into that position. One of the other major power players which can decide who is king or not are the Mage Seekers, which, to make a long story short, they're basically the secret police of Demacia. They are the ones who go around hunting down mages and stopping uh, magic use in all its forms. Um, they do this by either arresting a magic user and putting them in basically magic prison, where they are forced to drink a liquid solution of petrocyte, which cuts them off from their magic in a really horrendous and awful process. Or they force the people in their slums to drink petrocyte if they don't go to the prison. So either you just never practice magic, but if you do practice magic, you either are forced to go to prison and drink petrocyte, or you have to drink petrocyte in the slums. Either way, you're not allowed to do magic, or you will be harmed by the Nage Seekers. Opposite the Nage Seekers, there are the Illuminators, the same group supported by the, by the Bouvel. They are a more charitable religious order that seems to have some connections to Morgana. Um, and the reason I say that is because they secretly help mages. They um, have been known to recruit mages in secret into their society, as well as help mages hide their magical nature uh, through various means, like probably through bribery, or they'll even just tell them methods to hide their magic, such as hiding their magical tools in a way so they look more mundane, as well as finding ways to hide their magic in other ways. Outside of these powers, there's also the military, and the military is a really, really big deal in Demacia, 
Um, military service, as far as I know, is not required. However, it is very, it's an honored thing. Like, if you're a part of the Muslim military, you are elevated up in society massively. Um, now, how the Damasi military is structured is very, very strict, and this is due to the fact that their military is fairly small, because Damasi as a kingdom is fairly small, so they have a small population, relative to the other great powers in Valorant and throughout all of uh, Runeterra. And due to this, their military structure has become more about very strict lines, very strict order, everyone knows what they're doing, they have specific formations, basically a company or a group of Damascene soldiers, you'll know the Damascene because they have the really pristine armor, have very high quality uh, weaponry and, and tools and once again armor. And when they march in formation, they march in formation and do not break. If someone gets tired on the front, they're pulled back and replaced by someone else. Um, think of the Damascene military as a pretty close analog to the Roman legions. Uh, that's like the best comparison I can think of. And due to this, they are considered one of the most formidable militaries on Valoran, uh, possibly even all of Runeterra. Due to just the fact that they're so organized and so strict and so disciplined that you basically never see a Damascene fleet from battle. They will fight to the last if told to. Um, now, that does not mean that it is not possible for someone to break ranks. It just means that as a whole, they don't. Um, this is also furthered along by their military policy, which is you do not retreat, you do not surrender, you do not give up, um, you, you continue until victory is found. Um, surrender or retreat is, is very frowned upon, and fleeing a battle specifically is considered dishonorable and can get you either exiled or killed. Um... Due to this, their elite of the elite, the Dauntless Vanguard, are the epitome of this. They're basically the Navy Seals of Demacia. They are incredibly potent fighters. They oftentimes can be found helping to protect the king, although a royal guard will oftentimes take that position as well. But the Dauntless Vanguard are considered, as their name implies, the Vanguard of Demacia. They will go out and find the enemy and put them down for good. They are currently led by Garen, um, who's part of House Crown Guard. And Garen is also considered the uh, royal, the right-hand royal guard, like the personal guard of Prince Jarvan IV. He has led the Dauntless Vanguard for a while now, and he has, because of this, has basically become the face of Demacia um, in the world, as well as in terms of the game itself. Like, he is the face of Demacia. Now... Then we have all those ideas and their culture kind of wrapped up, this anti-magic policies, their strict military doctrine. Something that's really important to remember is, all, like I said, all the structures are marble and white and pristine. Demacia is supposed to look like the traditional good guy faction in a traditional fantasy setting. But they're not because of these very discriminatory practices towards mages, towards magic in general. And due to their very strict, strict doctrine, people can be punished for just doing a good thing, uh, morally speaking, um, just because it's against what their law says and what their doctrine says. Um, like helping mages, that's an offense. You can go to prison for that. Uh, it's a miracle the Illuminaries haven't been found out yet, probably just because they're very, very potent and powerful and supported by powerful noble families like de Bouvel. Um Due to all this, there is a stirring sense of angst and tension in Demacia between the mages 
and the people who aren't mages, like the, the true quote-unquote Demacians. And this will boil over, and it will boil over an event called the Mage Rebellion. Now, we will go over the Mage Rebellion at a later date. Just know that during this event, a lot goes down, including the mysterious death of King Jarvan III. We do not know how he died. All we know is that he died during that rebellion. And due to that, things have only gotten worse in Demacia. And now the tension between mages and and Demacians is higher than ever. In fact, it is so high that you could basically call it that what the Demacians are doing to mages at this point is straight up genocide. It is horrendous. And... We will get into that, because that is Demacia. You cannot talk about Demacia without talking about, basically, their discriminatory practices towards mages, and now straight-up killing of mages just for who they are. It's a really, really interesting idea of a traditional good guy faction kind of being bad guys, and I really, really like that. Anyways, I want to thank you all for listening to the second episode of League of Lore, and I hope you now have a better understanding of the culture and people of Demacia. If you have any questions about Demacia and what was discussed today, please send them in reviews on your podcatcher of choice or to loreofrunterra at gmail.com, and they'll be answered next episode. We're about to dive straight into that dark core and history of Demacia, and how, despite its gleaming stone walls and spires, it has this really grim undercurrent throughout it, and it all begins during its initial founding, with those two Sisters of Justice I mentioned at the beginning. But, before we get into that dark history, we're going to talk about a much happier thing, and a much more fun thing, which is the seeker of the Hero of Demacia and wielder of Orlon's Hammer, Poppy. See y'all next time.